Hi, just a quick note about this week's guest, Phil Jones. At the time of recording, Phil was director of global training for Sound United, which is how he's identified in my intro. Literally the following day, he was promoted to director of global brand activation. As Phil describes it, his team will focus on delivering engaging learning experiences for salespeople and consumers related to Sound United products and technologies. Congrats to Phil on this much deserved new role. Now on with the podcast. Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. In this episode, I'm joined by Phil Jones, who is Director of Global Training for Sound United, the parent company of venerable audio brands, Denon, Marantz, Polk, Definitive Technology, Heos, Boston Acoustics, Class A, and the most recently acquired Bowers & Wilkins. I take a deep breath after that list. <laughs> I know I have to do that introduction all the time. So, <laughs> Well, Phil, you and I first connected during um, Sound United's inaugural dealer conference a few years ago in New Orleans. And then most recently, um, you were part of a virtual product introduction of, I believe, new um, Denon and Marantz AV receivers. Yes, yes. Yeah, and um, I've always appreciated your enthusiasm when, when you're given product demos and the way that you uh, provide context for how those products fit into a person's lifestyle because um, I'm not a super techie guy, so I like to know like what what's so interesting about this, what makes this different. So uh, different. So when I I saw a press release come in for um, what's called IMAX enhanced products from Polk and Definitive mm -hmm. Technology, I thought this would be a great time to catch up and we can talk about that and we can get to know you better. So Phil, Phil Jones, thanks so much for joining me on Residential oh, Tech Talks. Like I said, it's a pleasure. Whenever I can um, jump on a uh, on something like this and and talk cool electronics i'm always always um down for that awesome thanks so well i wanted to flash back just briefly to when we were at that conference in new orleans and mm -hmm. there was something that was a really great idea by the the executive team there which was um you know what what you even told us as press that that were there and all the dealers that were there wear um a t-shirt for at least one of the days that is maybe your favorite concert that you've ever attended or your favorite band or group. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I was wanting you to like, let us in on a little bit of who you are by saying what shirt or shirts were you wearing there at that co conference? Yeah, so the, the goal was to basically remind everybody that what we're, what we're selling is great musical experiences or great movie experiences. And just to bring that to top of mind. So what I was wearing was I have a pretty wild musical taste. So, so I was there, so over the multiple days, I wore a Gorillaz t-shirt, a Snoop Dogg t-shirt, and a, um, a, Zepp, a Led Zeppelin t-shirt. So it kind of shows how eclectic my, my music collection is and that regardless of your personal music taste, um, we can make it more enjoyable. Very nice. Yeah, that, that does give us a, a sense of who you are. And for the record, I wore a Beastie Boys license to illustrate, <laughs> which your uh, CEO, nice. by the way, also <laughs> wore one different style one, but I thought that uh, was pretty cool. We connected <laughs> on that level. Um, but I, I would have wanted to bring a wear a Purple Rain shirt. I just didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That's one of the ones that do. I think that's kind of once they said that I can get out of the shirt and tie and I could wear a jacket with um, 
um, a band t-shirt that's kind of like the new uniform. Yeah. So, so that's what I kind of like, uh, I've, I've taken that and I continue to do that every single You stocked time. up, right? <laughs> I'm loaded up. So every time you see me, I got a different band shirt on. Nice. Very nice. Well, I, I wanted to dive right in and talk about, about your role at Sound United. Um, I don't typically connect with folks um, uh, that do the job that you do, unless it's during a demo at a trade show or a conference, like when I did first, um, I, I guess, cross paths with you. Um, mm -hmm. And, and again, like the virtual product demo uh, was mm -hmm. another opportunity. But for those who are unfamiliar with what um, a global trainer does, could you kind of explain at least what you do at Sound United? Well, like I said, if you look at a lot of these brands, we have multiple brands. And a lot of times the engineers will come up with great technologies. But you have to be able to explain that to not only the salespeople that talk to customers, but also sometimes suppress and customers directly. So my role is to look at all of the different products that are being offered by Sound United, whether it's a Polk product or a Denon product, and figure out, you know, what is this technology? What is the customer benefit? How do I show it at retail? And how do I make a salesperson want to tell you about it? Or you as a customer really want to care about that particular issue? So, so I have one of the best jobs in, in, the, in the company. I basically have to play with all the cool stuff and figure out why would a person want this in their home? Very cool. Yeah, that does sound like fun. Um, well, how do you um, take, let's say, a new product that just you finally see that it's ready to ship to dealers. Um, I, I'm sure that you're in on the conversations really early before it even gets to that stage, but how far do you embed with the product designers? Um, how early on are you kind of conversing with them getting comfortable with the products before they're even ready? And when they are ready, what, what is that process on an individual product like for you? Yeah, well, well, we, I try to be involved as early as possible. Um, and they and they do a really good job with that. Because if you come up with a great new feature or great new technology, um, the first thing you have to do is figure out a way to explain it simply. Because many people do not have a half an hour to sit through um, one of our sessions. Like I have a, a YouTube channel called Sound United Training, where we spent a total of four and a half hours over multiple sessions just on HDMI 2.1. Oh, wow. Average consumer <laughs> doesn't want to do that. Yeah. So how do I make it something interesting? How do we relate that? And how do you make sure that whether you see it in print, whether you see it um, in an ad, whether you, you, you read it from a reviewer, or whether you see a retail display or you talk to a salesperson, you get the same consistent message. And that's always been the biggest challenge when you launch something new to make sure that you're hurting cats. You're trying to make sure that everybody um, is talking the same way and explaining the information um, accurately and in a unified, uniform manner. I, I saw on, on, your, um, on your LinkedIn page that you were with Sony prior to Sound United, which mm -hmm, is a, mm -hmm. another local company in the area where you're based there. Yes. Um, so that was quite a long tenure. Um, was it a similar role or did you do things differently at Sony than um, you did at Sound United? My role at, um, at Sony, I was also the um, director of training, but I was also the, I was the, the head of training, but, but my, one of my main roles was product, um, product information manager. So, or product technology manager. And it was very similar to this um, because most major um, electronics companies um, is always an issue. There's a limited amount of staff and how do you reach the most amount of people in, a most, um, in the most effective way? So I'll give you an example. About in 2000, I would say uh, 10, we decided that we needed to have a better interaction with our hundred and something plus um, 
sales um, in-store sales staff. So we developed a multi-camera HD webinar sy um, system that I could see a hundred webcams together in one in one space. It was a uh, uh, my old boss Gary Schilling and Phil Boyle and myself. So we basically invented Mega Zoom, multi-camera <laughs> HD, eighty cameras together to try to have that engagement with hundreds of people um, uh, um, all over the country and all over the world. And a lot of those tools that, that we thought about way back then is even more important now because there's even less staff and then situations such as COVID and stuff now means that you have to be able to make a compelling um, um, explanation, demonstration um, from anywhere in the world and how do you do that? So a lot of that information and how we did it over at Sony um, it's really helpful in this role. Yeah, well, of course, Sony has the luxury of owning a camera line or lines and all kinds of technologies that they can integrate into that to that uh, capability, which is really a cool thing to have at your disposal, I'm sure. But but still, now with everybody having Zoom, and I'm sure that your training um, and all your inter interaction ha had you been um, on the road quite a bit talking. Um, directly with folks, even um, though you have that capability before COVID and now you've switched back to being virtual or have you mostly been virtual before? Um, before um, we were trying to develop a more um, virtual way of reaching everyone. But of course, um, a lot of times that was that backbone and, and stores and retailers weren't really utilizing that as much. Okay. So we so unfortunately, we have a limited size training department. And so, so we did have to really look at those events and say, um, larger events we would we could we could support, and smaller events uh, we would do it um, web based. So if it was a big Rocky Mountain Audio Fest, yeah. um, um, uh, a massive Best Buy event, a big Crutchfield event, a big retailer event, a big uh, CS Cedia, those types of shows we would go in person. But if you if you were a smaller retailer, we just don't have the manpower to, to do that. So we work with our rep firms and stuff and and um and we try to do as much of the virtual stuff. Now because of COVID and because of what's going on now, um, there's more incentive for those stores to adopt or adapt to this remote way of, of communicating and it doesn't take a lot what i'm using right now is a um, everybody has a lot of people have web um, instead of using a webcam i use a digital camera you mm. could use um, a point and shoot you could use like i'm using a camcorder with a little um 20 dongle you can get from amazon and you turn that webcam um that camera into a webcam and it's far more um engaging to look at um, than just having a regular webcam. Um, we have a system here that I can do multiple cameras. So when we do our webinars, I, um, I could show you my, my PowerPoint slides, the product, the front and the back. I can show you the menu system. Um, we're trying to give you as much of you being there without you being there. Right. Well, you know, you're, you're talking about retailers, but you also, of course, have custom integrators who are more in the field type folks mm -hmm. doing the work and and you know it depends on who you're talking to there there could be a, a general manager or an owner who is based in an office so it's easier to reach them but yeah. i would imagine you still have to track because they're they're from the early days they were essential workers so they were able to keep keep doing exactly. their job exactly. in the field so probably a little easier to reach some folks that are based in a facility than it is those who are out in the field quite a bit yeah. right 
Well, a lot of the stuff that we did was specifically centered around that custom integration channel. And because um, th uh, things such as, uh, like I, I have a pretty elaborate system. So we did one on uh, setting up a, a good robust Wi-Fi network for someone who has something like me. I have 16 zones of high-res capable streaming in my house. How do you do that reliably? Um, we did one on conducting a virtual in-home consultation. So while some people were essential, uh, there were still some clients that were a little hesitant to have you come to their home. Sure. So you, even if you were doing work that was already pre-scheduled, how do you prepare yourself um, when that work is done for this time of the year? So if you weren't doing, if people didn't want you in, the, in their house in April, May, and June, how do I still go in, look at the house, spec the job, get the customer to agree so I can do that job in October and December? And like I said, a lot of those videos are available up on our Cyanide at Training. If you go Cyanide Training uh, slash YouTube, we do things on Odyssey and speaker setup and subwoofer placement that not only if you're, whether you're an installer or whether you're a consumer, um, you have the information you need to do the job. So it's amazing. Um, even though they, they were working, they would still kind of go back and watch that stuff later to get the extra right. information they needed. Yeah, archiving, that's a great idea. That, that's definitely a good plan. And I, I'm going to check that out too. That sounds really helpful. So um, thanks for the heads up on that. Um, I'm just curious. I always talk, When I talk to, to folks who I haven't interviewed um, on the podcast before, I always want to touch on their background beyond the industry, back to childhood even, because I think it's really interesting just to hear people's story. And I was curious, you know, what, what were you like as a kid? Were you into <laughs> tech kind of stuff? Were you into taking stuff apart? And I was <laughs> the ultimate audio tech geek when I was a kid. <laughs> okay. um, I still get teased in my neighborhood about um, putting a sound system on my bike at 11 and 12 years old. So we took a boom box apart, um, battery powered, wired it to my Beaks Cruiser, and that became like kind of our portable sound system in, in the neighborhood. Nice. Um, my job when I got graduated from high school, I was a sonar tech. So if you ever seen the Hunt for Red October yeah. and they had the sonar tech con sonar and he was a black guy named Jonesy. Well, <laughs> I was a black sonar tech named Jonesy before there was a Jonesy. So I've always been around this stuff. I went in, I picked that job because I've always been fascinated with, with electronics and sound. And that was about as sound focused of a job you can possibly have in the military. Um, so you're um, in, you're in the Navy then. Obviously. Yeah, I did. I did 10 years on, uh, on, uh, um, nuclear powered submarines, uh. actually six years of nuclear powered submarine and four years of the military policeman at Top Gun. And the way I got uh. into working at retail was as a military policeman, I only worked 15 days a month. So the other 15 days, my wife, my fiance, who's now my wife, said, you're always in these stereo shops. So why don't you go get a job um, working in stereo shops? So the 15 days I wasn't working, I worked in a retailer. And that's how I got into the uh, consumer electronics industry from that. And then from there, I went to from a retailer um, training in retail at a retailer to Yamaha for several years to to, uh, to Sony. For, a dec for about a decade, and now I'm at Sound United. Um, I'm still kind of also involved in video. Um, my wife and I also are the owners, and she's the publisher. Um, I'm just the owner with her. She's the boss of projectorreviews.com. So we are the one of the largest projector review websites um, 
in the world, basically. And I have a group of reviewers that review all sorts of projectors, whether it's home theater, commercial, installation projectors, screens, all of that stuff. So even though I'm on the audio side during the day, um, I still get to play with a wide variety of video displays at night. So, I'm, so that shows how much of a geek I am to this stuff. This is not really a job to me. I would pay someone to do what I do. Um, <laughs> and, you're, and I can make a living doing this stuff. It's just outstanding. Nice. So you, you grew up in the San Diego area then? I grew, up, I grew up in actually up in um, San Pedro, Los Angeles area. Oh, okay. And I, and I first came down to San Diego in the military. I went to boot camp here. And then my last duty station in, was Top Gun in San Diego. Um, and I just loved this area. And I ended up staying down here. So, dude, uh, does anybody actually look like Tom Cruise with Top Gun as they come? In? <laughs> <laughs> it was funny when I joined the military. I joined the military. I, I went into boot camp the day after high school, and the way they got us to sign was they took us to Top Gun right after the movie came out, mm -hmm. and they and they let you look at the um, uh, the Tomcat fighters, and they took you to the aircraft carrier, and they said, sign right here, because everybody thought they were going to be Tom Cruise, and most of these guys end up working in the kitchen or or uh -huh. um, you know, or pulling ropes. So yeah, so, yeah, so no Tom, a lot of people want to be Tom Cruise, but you don't see a lot of Tom Cruises, that's for sure. Well, I'm, I'm already learning a lot of really fun stuff about you, Phil. I, I, I do want to continue our conversation, but first we have to take a quick break. This episode of Residential Tech Talks is brought to you by Ring, home security systems and smart home automation. Get protection at every corner with their intelligent security cameras, alarm systems, and video doorbells. Receive notifications when motion is detected or check on your home anytime with Live View in the Ring app. Help keep your neighborhood safer with the Neighbors app to share information and discuss safety concerns in this hyper-local social networking platform. Ring's mission is simple, make neighborhoods safer. Discover all the smart home security products by Ring Go to ring.com. Welcome back. I'm talking to Phil Jones at Sound United. And uh, although he doesn't know Tom Cruise, he, uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, he, he kind of hung out in an area where uh, there, there might have been some guys that thought they were Tom Cruise, at least. Uh, exactly. Um, I wanted to talk about Sound United's growing product category and brand category, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a as a, as a name, the outside world doesn't really know what Sound United is, mm -hmm. um, but they do know these brands like Denon and Marantz and and uh, Polk. You know, you see these these names everywhere, and even if you're not a big audiophile, you, you you've you've seen them at a store. So um, I, I wanted to you know touch on the newest introduction, which is um, these these definitive technology and Polk audio products that are. Uh, the first speaker lines in the home theater market to get IMAX Enhanced certification. Mm -hmm. I learned about IMAX Enhanced when it came out, and I'm still having a hard time kind of explaining it. Everybody knows what IMAX is. That's a great branding t mm -hmm. title um, because so many folks have gone to the big IMAX theater. Could you give us that great Phil Jones explanation of what <laughs> IMAX Enhanced is okay. for the home? So, so think of it this way. When you go to a movie theater and to see something like The Avengers, and you'll see it in a multiplex in a variety of different theaters. You will see one that's Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos. Um, you will see one that is DTS widescreen, and you will see one in IMAX. All three of those theaters have a different experience. The, the screen dimensions are different. Um, the audio systems are different. So the experience in each room is different. As a consumer, and you, you normally when you buy a Blu-ray, 
or you watch a movie, guess how many of those different experiences you get to choose from? One. You get one. So now, because IMAX Enhanced is, um, is basically a, a, a team up of DTS um, using their DTSX technology and IMAX to bring that impression of being in an IMAX theater to your house. The aspect ratio of the screen is different. The, um, so the aspect ratio, you may see a little bit more on the top and bottom. It's not as widescreen, but there's more. And that's because when they make a widescreen a movie um, version of an IMAX movie, they just basically lop off the top and the bottom. Mm. So you'll see a little bit more on the top and the bottom there. They use a different type of um, digital noise compression for larger screens. Um, the audio systems. If you look at an audio system, we always talk 5.1, 7.1, 7.1.5, right? There is no LFE in, a, in an IMAX theater. Every single speaker is full range. So if you're looking at instead of it, uh, so their 12 channel is a 7.0.5. And they have, a, they have two center channels, one above, one below. Mm. Now, and the mix is done, um, when they take that theater mix and they make a normal Blu-ray, they do what's called a neofield mix. They reduce the amount of dynamics because um, to fit in for a, a smaller room with a system with less capabilities. IMAX enhanced material is the original theoret um, theor theatrical, um, the original release uncompressed that that mix they not it's not the near field so it's more dynamic hmm. so that's the reason why they use different bass management that's the reason why um, if you look at a speaker that's IMAX enhanced it just means you know what this mix is it's going to be more aggressive <laughs> okay and you don't have and you can be assured that this speaker could handle that aggressive mix being played back at reference level in okay. your home. And that's okay. the best way to think of whenever you see IMAX enhanced on a speaker. When you see IMAX enhanced on a receiver, there's a flag in the content. And that flag triggers the receiver to change its base management, its, its crossover and level settings to best utilize the IMAX enhanced layer or mix. In all of our receivers, you have the ability to switch between the DTSX mix and the IMAX enhanced mix that's on that IMAX enabled this. So you basically get two versions to choose from. We are surround sound format agnostic. We just want to give you all of them. And then you as a consumer can pick the one you like best. So if you were starting from scratch to building a system and you said, I like this IMAX enhanced thing, I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy some, have some speakers that are IMAX enhanced. I'm going to get the receiver that gives me that, that capability. Mm -hmm. um, did, would you still have subwoofers and they wouldn't work when, or they wouldn't get triggered when well, the IMAX material that, was running? That is a great question. That is a great question. Because just because the IMAX theater is full range, most houses are not. So they do, um, you do need subwoofers. Like we do have our BP towers that are pretty much pr full range because they have powered subs, but we still, and many people will run those, but we still encourage them to run subwoofers. Your speakers are not eight foot tall with 15, with dual 15 inch subs. So you're going to utilize, so when they do the IMAX enhanced conversion, they take the, the, the theater does not have an LFE, but they know that you do. Okay. So they, by, by utilizing your LFE and the capabilities of your speakers, I can give you the impact of that room using the limitation of your system in your house. Okay. So how hard is it to promote something new like IMAX Enhanced? I know it's been out for a couple of years now um, as a 
as a cert certification. Um, have you had enough product available to see that see the market response and the ability to support it from your dealer base and your retailer base? Well, excuse me. One of the benefits of the having it being named IMAX Enhance is, like you said, people are familiar with the term IMAX. They know IMAX is a bigger, badder experience. So that helps. I don't have to explain from scratch that this is supposed to be a bigger, badder experience. Um, as more and more content becomes available, you start seeing more and more Blu-ray, blue, um, 4K Blu-rays with it on it, or mm -hmm. you go to something like Fandango Now and you see it, or you go to you look at a Sony TV and they have their their service um, privilege that has it, and you start seeing it because there that helps grow customer awareness. Right. Right now, the big guys are still IMAX, I mean, uh, or still Atmos and DTSX. Okay. Um, the nice thing about it is. We just want people to have the peace of mind of knowing that when they buy a Denon or Marantz receiver, it doesn't matter if it's in DTS-X, if it's in Dolby Atmos, if it's in DTS-X Pro, if it's in RO3D, or if it's IMAX Enhanced, you are going to be able to get the best from that disc. And that's our main um, concern. Right. Um, and the same thing with the speakers. An IMAX Enhanced speaker, it, the base layer of that is DTS-X. And the layout and the configuration of DTSX works with Dolby Atmos. All you need to know is the, the most aggressive mix out there is IMAX Enhanced. So if it can handle that, it right. can do DTSX and it can do Dolby, um, Dolby Atmos and it can do RO3D. So that's the, the best way to think about it. Um, so as you look at the rest of the Sound United family, um, and you mentioned all these, the processing um, uh, audio system processors, the, the Dolby Atmos, et cetera. Um, what other trends, technical trends, are you seeing driving product development right now uh, across the family of products you have? Uh, the main, uh, there's a couple of things. The first thing is you can have the nicest system in the world if you can't operate it. I have this big rack back here, and I've been trying to keep my family, teach my family how to use my theater for years. <laughs> um, first, it was here's pick up this remote, pick up this remote, pick up this remote. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Here's a universal remote with a million buttons on it too complex. Here's a touchscreen one. All you got to do is hit watch TV and the screen will come down and the I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to pick up that remote and look for it. Okay. Here's the app on your um, iPhone. You know what? I don't want to open the app. I can't find it. Okay, great. I put in a, a voice assistant and yep. you go, Hey, um, Amazon, turn on the TV in the living room and it goes, okay, and everything happens. And you're starting to see more and more my family and my mom and stuff start utilizing this technology because it's more, it's people are more comfortable asking for something than pushing a button. So okay. the ability to control your, your home, your TVs, your, your surround sound systems, your ask for content by just asking for something is making uh, these higher systems more, um, um, less uh, uh, intimidating. Right. The other thing is the emergence of high-res multi-zone music, CD quality multi-zone music at least. Mm. You used to have to sacrifice performance for convenience. I could have a million songs all over the house, but the quality was less than a CD. Now with our services like HEOS, which stands for Home Entertainment Operating System, we have services like Amazon Music HD, which will do 192.24 high-res FLAC files, and just about every other format, every other surround sound, um, every other streaming service will play back in at least CD quality. So now you can have multiple zones of high-quality music. Um, so, no, so now you have the convenience, 
and the performance, and I can go in my kitchen and ask it to play Bob Dylan through my stereo paired home 350s, um, and it will just happen. So right. when you combine those two together, it, um, I think that is really kind of growing um, the market. Nice. Well, if you look outside of the actual technical part of things and just talk about um, broader trends, obviously we're dealing with with COVID and I talk to folks on the custom installation side and, and everyone's talking about re- remote learning capabilities, remote work and all that, um, even remote access into a system for service capabilities so they don't have to... to not only avoid a truck roll, but they can avoid having to yes. intrude on someone's life in their home. Um, are there any uh, current broader trends that are affecting um, Sound United uh, that you're seeing? I, I, I'll bring one other thought to mind. We did an article with you a while back about smaller rooms or, or mm-hmm. rental mm-hmm. properties and how you can still have this technology and take it with you. It doesn't all have to be embedded in the wall and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are, is there anything there that, uh, that you're observing? Yeah. Well, it, it was kind of nice because we uh, we really embraced um, uh, um, SRM, smart remote management, a while back. So if you look at our receivers, we support IEG, Domotes, um, all of those things. I actually have a Domotes and a, um, I think I, uh, what's the other one, Domotes? I have three, I have a bunch of them. I have okay. like three on this rack. And, um, and that was one of the things is I don't, if, if I'm gone and my wife will call me and say, the TV won't turn on. Mm-hmm. And instead of me trying to walk it through the phone, I can literally grab my phone, log into the receiver and see, oh, I accidentally still have it set. It's still set to play the projector, but you want to watch the flat panel. Mm-hmm. And I can literally go in and within a second correct it. So instead of me driving home or she has to wait for me to get back from wherever I'm traveling in the world, you can solve it. So so think, so this people, their homes are their castles now because yeah. of what's going on. Sure. Which is driving our industry because people are saying if i'm stuck in the castle i might as well upgrade the castle give me the speakers for the outside give me the new tv give me the surround sound if i'm gonna if i can't go on vacation i'm gonna upgrade my house um the next thing is um because it is my castle i want to limit who comes into my castle and having um something like domotes um set up or um, ieg means that i can go in and i can log into the house and I can f- and help you solve a problem. You go out and buy a brand new um, device, game system, or whatever, or, and you want to plug it into the receiver. And you've hit. And as an installer, you've hidden all the inputs. And a person went out and bought an Apple TV, and now he wants to plug it in. You hit all the inputs. I can log in remotely, unhide that input, label that input, and I don't even have to go to the person's house. And he plugs it in, and he's good to go. Nice. You know. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of benefit to this um, in in that particular. Um, avenue when it comes to smaller homes um we go back to that performance versus convenience thing before if you had a small home and you wanted a good two-channel system you had to buy speakers and a source and 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 an amplifier and speaker wire and everything else now you can go out and buy two denon home 250s two denon home 350s um a pair of formations and and make a stereo pair and now you can have a great sounding system with, with just two device, two, pro, two speakers in your room mm-hmm. without having to have, where am I going to put the receiver? Where am I going to put the amplifier and stuff like that? Um, advancements in soundbar technology means that I can, it's a lot easier to move a soundbar from an apartment or a, a dorm room or a military barracks than it is to move a full multi-channel sound system. We want everybody to have a dozen speakers in their house. We realize that we have to give um, provide customers with options so they can have 
um, get the best solution for themselves. Yeah. And then as they get uh, further along in their career and they have more money to spend disposable income and they can step up that system, they can add to it, right? And make it a bigger, bigger full house sort of scenario. Yeah. And that's one of the benefits of being a big conglomeration of brands. Cause we get asked a lot, you have all these brands. Yeah. Um, you know, how do, how do they stay distinct? Mm-hmm. And the best way to think of us is think of us like the Volkswagen group. The Volkswagen group owns Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche, um, Lamborghini, Rolls Royce, Ducati motorcycle. A Ducati motorcycle or a Rolls Royce and a Lamborghini are, are different. Mm-hmm. The benefit, <clears throat> excuse me, of having them together is you get high performance and reliability. There used to be the old joke about the, 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 the British luxury car or the Italian car having great performance, but the windows don't work and the, ace and the, and the navigation system is bad and the door locks are bad because these small companies are really good at building high performance engines. Lamborghini mm-hmm. makes a great engine, beautiful body, but the little complex things like the electrical stuff is better done by a bigger company. Those things do not define a brand. They're expected. You, right. you expect power door locks. You expect navigation. You expect for it to be reliable. But that does not separate a Lamborghini from a Rolls Royce or Volkswagen. So why not work together as a team and do all of those things you expect a receiver or you expect a product to do? And then you can free each of the brands up to go do their own design, the stuff that makes their products their products. Denon and Marantz have two different literally sound masters that have a team and all they do is listen to Denon products and listen to Marantz products to ensure that those products maintain the sonic character. So, but they work well together and they're reliable because you have one group building um, the, the complex little silly things that everybody has to do for everyone. So if you look at it that way, that's how we can maintain the integrity of each of the particular brands. I, I like that. That's a good way to finish. Um, I find that fascinating. The sound signature um, question. You've got really big fan bases that go way back with these brands before they were required by Sound exactly. United. And um, so just to kind of close, are, are you kind of familiar with how you do you sc- describe a sound signature and what makes something different from another? Well, the interesting product? thing was I, I went to, um, I went to, when I went to Shirakawa, where they have um, Shirakawa in Kawasaki, Japan, is where the um, the higher end um, Marantz and Denon products are manufactured. They manufacture Class A there, um, and uh, so so what they have is they literally um, they they have a gentleman whose whole life is spending time with the signature. If you look at every receiver, they have a different signature. If you look at our brand versus somebody else's, things such as dampening factor and all this stuff does change the way that they sound. And it was a sonic characteristic to what a Morant sounds like. And that has been around for many, many years, as well as the way it looks, the porthole, the symmetry of where the buttons are located. So this person's job is just has always been to listen to Morant's products. So when a person makes a Morant's receiver integrated, they make sure it all works and it plays well. And then that product engineer, product manager sits down with the sound mastering team, the sound master, and then that person will listen to it and it will make small incremental changes to the product to get it to sound the way he remembers that a Marantz sounds. Mm-hmm. We always say Marantz is kind of, think of Marantz is kind of the um, warm and musical, was what we say in the other one, mm-hmm. and, the, and, the, um, and the Denon is more crisp and precise. Okay. It's okay. almost like tubes versus, you know, solid state. But there's okay. a, but, but which one is right is the one that you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've done this demo where we take two of the same speakers, 
playing the same track and they sound different. They mm. both sound great, <laughs> but they sound different. And, and it's up to you as a consumer to pick the one that you like. And um, same thing, Class A, designed in Quebec, built in Japan. You know, so that's how they maintain their thing. So each company has their own um, idea of, of, of approaching the challenges that they have to do, whether it's making a great sounding speaker with great bass or whether it's uh, making a receiver that can drive everything and give you a cinematic effect. But each approach can be different because there's a million different ways, a million different approaches you could take to climb a mountain. And now you have an, a new addition with Bowers and Wilkins to, to put in the mix as well. So I'm sure you're getting to know that brand as well. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about Bowers and Wilkins is um, in, in Japan, uh, Sound United is a distributor of Bowers. So we have, oh. a, we have been a, a, have a very good relationship. Um, Class A uh, used to be really heavily involved with Bowers. Um, first, they let, um, we got them. We, got, we acquired Class A and now we acquired Bowers. If you look at a lot of, a lot of the, the, all of the sound tuning rooms, their main speakers you'll see in there are Bowers. So when you see the, the sound master's room for Denon and the sound master's room for Marantz, yes, they do test it with our, with our pokes and defendants, but they also have always, for as long as I can remember, and I've seen, there's always the picture of the sound master with all his products and a bunch of B&Ws behind him. So we always say, first we were friends, now we're family. So, so we understand the brand, we love the brand, and we're going to make sure that that brand stays, uh, maintains its, uh, its character. Well, Phil Jones, thank you so much. You've made this enjoyable as usual, and I've learned a lot from you. So thanks for taking the time out today. Oh, oh it's, it's been a pleasure. Also, thanks to everybody for joining us. Be sure to comment, share, or subscribe to the podcast. And you can check out all the latest residential tech news at restechtoday.com. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you've got a great story to tell. Residential tech lighting specialist to our residential tech house.